0: Blessing for the Raising of the Dead by Jan Richardson. This blessing does not claim to raise the dead. It is not so so audacious as that. But be sure it can come and find you if you think yourself beyond all hope, beyond all remedy, if you have laid your bones down in your exhaustion and grief, willing yourself numb. This blessing knows its way through death knows the paths that weave through decay and dust. And while this blessing does not have the power to raise you, it knows how to reach you. It will come to you, sit down beside you, look you in the eye, and ask if you want to live. It has no illusions. This blessing knows it is an awful grace to be returned to this world. Just ask Lazarus, or the Shunammite's son, go to Nain and ask the widow's boy whether he had to think twice about leaving the quiet, the stillness, whether he hesitated just for a moment before abandoning the place where nothing could harm or disturb. Ask the risen if it gave them pause to choose this life, not as one thrust into it like a babe, unknowing, unasking, but this time with intent, with desire. Ask them how it feels to claim this living, this waking, to welcome the breath in your lungs, the blood in your veins, to gladly consent to hold in your chest the beating heart of this broken and dazzling world.
1: Jesus spent three days in the tomb, and on Easter morning, when Mary, mother of Jesus, and Mary Magdalene, and another woman who the Gospels don't name, when they all went to the tomb where Jesus lay to anoint his body and prepare him for burial, they found the stone that was blocking the entrance rolled away and the tomb empty. And distraught, Can you imagine going to bury your loved one and finding his body missing? They look around, and an angel is sitting on a rock instead, saying, Do not be afraid. Angels seem to love saying that, don't they? (laughs) The angels say to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, he has risen. And then the women go to Jesus' disciples and the others who are mourning his death, and they spread the good news that Jesus has risen from the dead, that Jesus is still alive with them, walking among them, that they will see him again. And I love this story, though I will be honest, I do not believe it is true. At least not literally, literally. But I believe that there is truth in this story still because as a Unitarian Universalist, I believe that Jesus was a great preacher. He was a prophet, a teacher, a shining example of the best that humanity has to offer. A child of God, and aren't we all children of God? And I believe that Jesus was fully human and he was a human embodying God's divine love which I believe is an incredibly powerful message because it says to all of us, all of us, children of God, that we can strive to embody God's love in the world. And I love this story because it speaks to a profound yearning that I and I know many of you feel for death not to be the end, for death not to be so final, so ultimate, for there to be some way to get back what has been lost, to not have to say goodbye. In the 15 months since my father died, I know I have felt this so many times. This how could this be real, the magical thinking that can come with grief, this maybe this is temporary, this perhaps he'll be at today's Easter gathering before my mind catches itself. And so when I hear the Easter story, When I hear Jesus' disciples, his mother, Mary Magdalene, weeping at the foot of the cross, I can almost feel their desperation, their can't-it-be-undone, their longing. I can feel their shifting into autopilot, beginning to prepare the body, as shock takes over and as people bring them meals that they don't want to eat. And I can feel their surprise, their fear, their worry, their outrage when they realize the tomb is empty. And the angels tell him, tell them, he is not dead, he is risen. And I will admit that this is the kind of miracle, this raising of the dead, this this didn't happen. This is the kind of miracle that I have longed for in my bones in the last 15 months. And yet, we cannot raise the dead the dead do not come back to join the living. And for those who have known loss, which is all of us in some way, for those of us who have known death, for those of us who have known dreams that have died, we know that there is a moment when those who have lost something must face a choice to come back to the land of the living, to choose to live in this world as fully as we can, after a death. Author Jan Richardson writes, ask them how it feels to claim this living, this waking, to welcome the breath into your lungs, the blood into your veins, to gladly consent to hold in your chest the beating heart of this broken and dazzling world. The beauty and the pain and living the beauty and the pain of living and living fully after a loss, it does not cease to amaze me. The summer that I turned 21, I lost one of my best friends in a car accident. And two weeks later, I found myself at the Unitarian Universalist summer camp that I worked at for over a decade. And this camp is amazing. I know many of you have connected with this camp and others like it, But it is fun and zany and focused very much on the emotional experience of campers, on building community, and the people who staff it, they love to come up with these bizarre and creative activities to do with the campers. So 14 days after Katie died, when the world as I knew it seemed to have ended, when I didn't know how to make sense of this grief and this terrible tragedy, Gabe, an eccentric, warm, welcoming staff person said, listen up everybody. Here's my idea for an activity. Ninjas versus florists. (laughs) And everybody looked at him uncertainly. No, 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 he said, let me explain. The ninjas have a very sacred recipe for turtle soup and the florists have stolen it. So in retaliation, the ninjas have stolen all of the florist's flowers and they have to retrieve them. So basically, he says, the kids will all dress up and will create a campus-wide scavenger hunt and each team has to find their lost item and the team that finds it first wins, except we'll give points in such a way that of course no one wins because we're a hippie camp and everyone wins. <laughs> Gabe ran out of steam and silence descended over the room as we digested Gabe's passion about this incredibly ridiculous idea, ninjas versus florists. And after this terrible thing that I had been through, I realized in this moment that this could be the most trivial and inconsequential and inane thing I had ever heard. I could scoff at this, how could these people think that this mattered given all the tragedies that happened in the world? Or I could choose to join the living, to welcome the breath into my lungs, to hold the beating heart in my chest. And I threw back my head with the rest of the group, and I laughed until it hurt for the first time in two weeks. Surely, this is resurrection. This is our Easter message. The dead do not come back to us. And too often, dreams and people and relationships and hopes die. And sometimes, though not often enough, amidst tragedy and amidst loss, something beautiful arises. My housemate, Matt, who preached here in early April, he lost his dad about a month ago. And I was talking to his mom, who was staying at our house last week, and the subject invariably turned to Rich's death. We were talking about all of the work that death takes. And she said, you know, I just wanted to clean out his clothes quickly. I know I don't have to rush, but I just felt compelled to sort through them right away. And I gave all of his clothes, all of them, to the homeless shelter that supports people experiencing homelessness. And now I just imagine pieces of him, she said, smiling fondly. I imagine pieces of him walking all over Chicago, his socks on other people's feet, his suits going to interviews, helping people get jobs. I love imagining him that way, she said. That's how he was in life, always connecting with people, always helping people. Surely, this too is resurrection. And this resurrection is slow and painful and arduous work for the bruised and broken and healing and hoping people, which is all of us. Resurrections are not painful, are not painless, excuse me. They are painful. It is a fearful and courageous thing to love what death can touch, to open our hearts to love when we have known loss, to know that this very love, this very capacity for connection, is what makes being human so dazzlingly beautiful and so excruciatingly painful. Jan Richardson writes, the mystery in all of this is that when our hearts break, they can become bigger. If we can stay with the sorrow, and more importantly, if we can stay with the love that goes deeper Even then, the sorrow, the love that is more fierce than our fiercest grief, our hearts become more open than we ever imagined they could. Surely, this is resurrection. Less than six months after my own dad died, I moved into a new house with my partner Ian and our five housemates. And every once in a while at my house, I think, my dad would have loved this house. With its crown moldings and the quirky angles and its epic potential for more projects, my dad, an engineer and a hobby woodworker who made gorgeous handmade furniture, who always did his own home repairs, who built the deck at our childhood home, who taught my sister and I about using power tools and included us in the home repair projects in his own quiet act of feminism, Every time I paint another room, or lay in grout tiles, or use the chop saw without needing instruction, I think of the gifts that he has left me and the gifts that I carry inside myself. And this fall, I figured out why I was so comforted doing these projects around my new house. And I realized that in using his gifts, I felt connected with him. And though it is insufficient and it always will be, I think surely this too is a kind of resurrection. So friends, for all of these resurrections and for those stories of resurrection which each of you carry, let us rise and let us welcome the resurrections into our life. For these are only resurrections because we have known pain and loss So let us say together, at once a broken and a hopeful, Alleluia. Amen.